Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Pearls of Wisdom podcast by Gold Tea Collective. This episode is supported by Dub and Refinery29 for a special content series called Self-Service. This series celebrates the diversity of girls and women, spotlights the unique ways they embrace their appearance, as well as shatter beauty stereotypes and invest in their self-esteem. Now, one of the ways these goals can be fulfilled is by helping our community. And a big part of that is ensuring that the products that we use are kind to the environment. Dove is the world's largest cruelty-free beauty brand, and they've made a commitment to no animal testing. In 2019, Dove announced one of the biggest known reduction plans of its kind in the beauty industry, making an ongoing massive impact and reducing the use of virgin plastic by more than 20,500 tons per year. That's enough to circle the earth 2.7 times. By 2025, all Dove packaging will be designed to be either plastic-free, made with 100% recycled plastic, or reusable or refillable plastics. Sustainability is something that we know that one of our favorite content creators, Jennifer Zhang, also known as Generation DIY, is super passionate about. Only in her 20s and having created content for over the last decade, she's got over two and a half million subscribers on YouTube following her DIY hacks, music and makeup adventures, and sustainability tips. In this episode, you'll hear from Jennifer's experiences as a content creator, as well as her thoughts on sustainability and Asian representation in the conversation. Check out coldteacollective.com slash self-service to listen or read more stories as part of the self-service series. Thank you again to our supporters, Dove and Refinery29, for their support. And as always, be sure you subscribe to our podcast for more Pearls of Wisdom. Hey, Jennifer. Hi. Thanks How for having me. I'm good. Oh my gosh. Of course, it's always amazing to chat with you. I guess the last time we talked was, um, or at least like we did some content together was maybe two years ago now, two and a half. Was it that long ago? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm literally so- sitting in the studio that we that we filmed in. Ah. The memories are coming back. The memes. That was a good time. Um yeah, we we got to we got to film a fun video with you, got to learn more about your journey, and got to check out the sweet digs like where the magic happens. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so definitely check that out, uh, folks. If you're listening, if you haven't uh, checked out that video yet, uh, we're having a bit of a different conversation today. Though last time we spoke, we were talking about your DIY work and, and uh, your work in general as a content creator, but now for this particular um, self service uh, series, we're chatting a little bit more specifically about beauty and beauty products. And with that, uh, wanna maybe I'll kick off the conversation with a question of, as an influencer or content creator that deals a lot with, you know, like fashion and beauty and specifically sustainability as well, how do you define beauty? Um, I feel like I've defined beauty kind of different over the years and it's definitely evolved and changed as I've gained more confidence. So I would say, Right now, I would say confidence is how I define beauty because I realized that standards of beauty are so bogus, kind of. (laughs) And it's definitely, beauty is definitely in the eyes of the beholder because something that's beautiful to one person can not be beautiful to another person. And literally, whatever is beautiful is whatever you define it to be. Um, So it's taken me a long time to kind of be more comfortable in my skin. And I think a lot of that had to do with 
being comfortable with my ethnicity and heritage and all that kind of stuff. So that tied into it a lot. Mm-hmm. You, you brought up something that's really interesting because um, it actually came up in, in another one of our stories as part of this um, this content series as well around how beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. And sometimes we hold these insecurities with us, you know, based on our past experiences that really can like shape our experience with confidence, uh, specifically around, you know, how we look and feel about ourselves for many years. Love to hear a little, little bit more about that, actually, if you don't mind. Um, what were some of the insecurities that you had kind of growing up um, around your ethnicity specifically? Um, I think growing up, I didn't know specifically what it was about myself that I didn't like. I grew up watching a lot of, I mean, obviously I watched a lot of TV and stuff, but it was a lot of, you know, like white characters, just people who didn't look like me. And I always felt, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I just don't look as pretty as these girls on TV. Um, I think as I grew older, I started to not like my eyes, my nose, like my face, facial structure, basically everything that had to do with being Asian and looking Asian. And I think what really helped was just finding people who look like me to look up to. So the internet was a huge thing for me to find YouTubers who are Asian and celebrities who are finally coming up who are Asian. And yeah, so I think representation is just so important. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like you, you're a big part of that as well. I mean, you know, having been a content creator for so long too, you know, you're, you're playing that role. You are that person for a lot of people. And so it's really cool to, to kind of, I guess, think of it that way and how you have now become, or now you are being what you couldn't see when you were growing up. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to me because it was definitely unintentional. And at the time when I started, it was still there wasn't a lot of diversity in the space. And so mm-hmm. it was still kind of hard for me to get into it because I thought, you know, like, what if people judge me for not being or not looking a certain way? And I actually found an audience who just was craving that kind of representation that I craved when I was younger. So, yeah, I'm really glad that I kind of fell into this because I kind of created opportunities for myself instead of having to wait for people to give me opportunities. Yes. Yes. A a true pioneer at that. And um, I'm so glad you did because if you were, uh, I mean, as I said, you've been creating content over the last decade because then if you had waited until um, you saw like the representation that we see today, I mean, certainly it could still be better, but you would be waiting a long time. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like for me, I I think sometimes too, like beauty products and and seeing like advertising from beauty brands also can, you know, shape how we see ourselves too, right? And that being said, like, I think that beauty products actually have the power to inspire and empower women specifically with regards to having a positive body image or positive self-esteem and even shattering beauty stereotypes. What are your thoughts on that? Like how can beauty products actually play a role in perpetuating the more positive outlook when it comes to one's body image or self-esteem? I feel like I've had quite a journey with makeup and the beauty world. I feel like when I was younger, in my teen years, I definitely was more insecure and kind of used makeup as a crutch. And it was more about hiding my insecurities versus 
now I feel like I'm more comfortable in my skin and I can wear no makeup out and just use makeup to kind of enhance myself. And I think both uses are fine as long as you feel confident in the end, like why not? But I think it's also important for people to be transparent. And I think there's definitely a path to more transparency nowadays with social media, because I think it's important for young girls to know that some things aren't achievable and some things are achievable. So if you just show that you did a little makeup trick to kind of like enhance your eyes with like eyeliner or something, people know that that's something that you can do. But if it's like, I don't know, Photoshop or Facetune, like I think it's important for people to maybe be transparent when they do that or just don't do it at all. Yeah, that's something that's really interesting because um, especially on um, like some social media apps too, like they'll have like filters yeah. that you, know, you can use on your face that kind of, um, sure, maybe maybe they enhance some of your features, but they also kind of distort them as well, right? And that can also, if that's all that you see or you get used to seeing yourself look that way, then it can be a bit troubling. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. And some of the filters are they're so undetectable. So it's like, mm. it seems like whenever someone else posts something on social media, it's like, oh, they always look so good. How come mm-hmm. I don't look this good? But in reality, everyone kind of has their own insecurities and kind of uses these filters. So I think filters definitely distort our image of what beauty is and what reality is. Yeah, I know that that totally makes sense to me. And I love what you said about transparency. And that's, you know, when it comes to to beauty and how we're projecting our, ourselves or our best selves, quote unquote, into the world, that's a big part of that conversation. Transparency is also a big co- part of the conversation when it comes to, I, I guess, wh- what's in these beauty products now, I, I'm finding. So what, what mm-hmm. the beauty products are made of, as well as, you know, the vessels and like, so for example, packaging that they, that they come in as well. Um, and so with that, sustainability... Um, and sustainable packaging is something that has become a a lot larger of a conversation. I'm curious to know, like, what have you learned specifically about sustainable beauty? You know, is it important to you? Um, Maybe I'll just kind of start off there. Sustainability is something that has become a lot more important over the years to me, and I think to a lot of people. Um, I first started with fashion. I do a lot of kind of like thrift flips and upcycling on my channel. That's kind of the vehicle for sustainability that I started with. But Mm. I realized that there's a lot of aspects of my life that I can kind of improve and be more sustainable in. And beauty is something that I'm learning more about and trying to improve upon. Um, With beauty, it's such a big industry and so many people use beauty products on a daily basis. So I think Mm -hmm. that if we took some steps in the sustainable direction, it would definitely have a very big impact. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, sustainable beauty products that you know, there's um there's a couple different ways to look at it too, right? It's about like packaging, so using less, better, or no plastic, as well as even you know making sure there's no animal testing as well, because that's a huge part of sustainability in the environment and, and caring for our community as well. That that's definitely a big part of it. What do you look for in a sustainable beauty product or brand? 
Um, yeah, I agree with those. The the plastic usage definitely, I feel like, can be cut down or um, companies can use recycled plastic. I think less packaging, definitely. PR packages are something that a lot of influencers receive, especially makeup packages. And mm-hmm. I've definitely noticed that there are certain brands that will use a super super large boxes and like really ornate things for like one tiny mascara tube. And it really, really annoys me because I don't know, I think it's just so wasteful and they definitely send that out to like hundreds of people. A lot of the beauty industry is very wasteful in that way. So I'm definitely trying to, you know, stray away from that direction. And I think by posting less of that kind of stuff on my end, it kind of shows a brand that, you know, I don't I don't support that kind of marketing. But yeah, definitely plastic, less packaging, cruelty-free, sustainably sourced ingredients. I think just ethically produced products. Absolutely. Some very key ingredients to to making sure that you are, you know, doing your part for the community. And it's very much a personal choice, I find, too, right? You know, beauty itself is so personal. And as you said, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so when we as people actually have the power as consumers to make these decisions around which companies or brands we support, we are really voting with our dollars. And it's really cool to hear that as a content creator and an influencer, you actually, you know, you specifically choose to work with brands that, you know, are in line with those values, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That's a really cool way uh, to to kind of look at it because not only are you voting with your dollars, you're making sure that you're not endorsing products or, you know, brands that aren't really doing what's best for the community. That's really wonderful. I find that um, when it comes to uh, the conversation around sustainability, you know, I've been doing a little bit of research on it and I'm starting to you know, come across uh, some some more, you know, people of color that are involved in that conversation as thought leaders and kind of experts in that space. But I was doing a little bit more research on that. And I found that people of color typically haven't really been involved in the leadership of sustainability conversations. So um, in my research, I found that there was a 2017 study that was done by this advocacy group called Green 2.0 that found that 70% of the staffers of over 100 non-governmental organizations were white and only 15% of people in leadership positions were people of color. Those numbers are quite, you know, drastic. Now, I'm, I'm curious to know, for you, do you think it's different being a person of color in the conversation of sustainable beauty? I think women of color are definitely not as represented in this kind of conversation. And I think it's reflective of it as a whole. Like in media, women of color are just, they don't have as much of a voice or power. But I definitely think it's going into the direction of more diversity and more representation, which I love. And I feel like for me, I kind of just luckily fell into it. And Mm -hmm. I happen to be really passionate about um, sustainability. And so for me, I... Preach it in the way that, you know, if this is something that you can implement into your life that you want to support, you know, I I just try to tell people to do what they can because I know that sustainability sometimes can be kind of pricier or just not super obtainable for a lot of people. I think everyone can do little things to make their life more sustainable. 
it doesn't have to be this huge change that you do. You can do it gradually. Like I definitely have installed changes over the years. I think a lot of people see it as something super daunting, but it can be as simple as, you know, changing out one makeup item to be more sustainable. And then over the years, you can change out your whole um, makeup stash. But yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's really about kind of taking those small steps forward and starting to do a little bit more research as well. There is that saying where it's like, you don't need a small number of people doing it perfectly. You just need a whole lot of people doing it imperfectly to really make a big impact. And with that, like I, I fully believe that as well. And you see that across the sustainability space, whether it be in beauty and, or otherwise. You yourself have a platform. You've worked really hard to build it. Or what are your thoughts around how other women of color can be leaders in this space? And maybe if they don't have a platform. I think that social media is such a such an important place for people of color because as like I said before, you can kind of create your own your own opportunities and not have to wait for someone to provide them for you. So for me, that's something that has been really, really crucial in me kind of like stepping up to that leadership role. But I think women of color can participate just by using more sustainable practices in their own life and kind of sharing that with their friends, their circle of people. It doesn't have to be on some large scale. I think even just sharing with one person helps. And then that kind of spreads. And yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And um, even just kind of being mindful of, you know, let's just say you need to restock like your, your, you know, your set of bar soaps or something, right? Um, or your shampoo, you know, just making sure that, you know, the companies that you're using or the products that you're using that, that you're making those right choices. And if you find a product that you like, you know, just sharing that with people as well, whether it be on social or other. Yeah, definitely. And I also think another thing too is if you find a good creator of color, you can share that on your, so- or share them on your social media and support brands that have these sustainable practices and have people of color in leadership or ambassadors and that kind of stuff. And it just shows the brand that, that is what you want to see more of. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just um, even, yeah, as you said, like even just views, yeah. right? Views or listens, downloads, likes, engagements, comments, that like really helps as well because that also empowers like other, you know, content creators to, you know, continue to seek support to be able to elevate these brands um, or elevate, you know, other Asians or other people of color within the conversation as well. So a fun question now, like, you know, just kind of like growing up, did your parents ever kind of instill in you the idea of sustainability or where did that even come from? I mean, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of my Asian friends kind of grew up with these practices that eventually I realized were actually pretty sustainable, just like reusing um, bottles and jars and that kind of stuff and Mm. reusing like plastic bags Um, so a lot of the practices that I use in my daily life are sustainable. I think a lot of other Asians can relate to. So (laughs) I think just early on in life, I've always had those practices and just, I didn't even realize that it was, I was like upcycling and stuff. And I think my habit of thrifting was also, well, my habit of thrifting actually came from my parents being immigrants and like not having a lot of money. So we kind of had to resort to thrifting as the only option. 
And I guess as a result of that, I was also participating in the sustainability movement, which is funny because thrifting is such a popular thing now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're so OG. You've been doing it basically all your life. Yeah. Trends 22 right years. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy, especially because, like, you know, when you're a kid, you're going to school, and you're like, oh, gosh, like, you know, little Susie over there, you know, she's got, like, the, the hottest new, like, kicks, or, you yeah. know, they're using, you know, these cool products, or it becomes such a competition sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And um, you kind of get stuck in that sometimes, and... Uh, or, or maybe, you know, sometimes there's knockoff brands and stuff too. I mean, I'm digressing a little bit here. I think we're talking a little bit more about fashion, but like that envy is is quite real. Um, but that being said, like that, um, you know, kind of further to your point around, you know, learning these these practices, you know, as, as you grew up, it really kind of helps you appreciate the materials that you use and the longevity of the items that you procure over the years or over the other months, however long it is. Like, re, re, as you said, reusing plastic bags or like containers jars, um, using it around your household for, you know, to store things, you know, super common, especially in an Asian household, I would say. And I think it's fair to say that because, you know, this, we are a culty collective and, uh, it is a common thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like there's a, I forget what it said exactly, but there's just meme I came across recently about how, the Asian grandmas are the OGs of sustainability because oh, they've been definitely. using the same Tupperware for like 30 years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like my my parents always tell me about their farm life stories when they Ooh. lived in China. And like, Ooh. basically, they live the ultimate sustainable life. And I'm glad that they kind of brought some of those practices over. I mean, at the time when I was a kid, I was like, I don't want to use like these old jars I want to buy new ones um yeah but now I'm like wow it was it was super important and they were they were spearheading the sustainability movement yes you know that's also so crazy too because a, a lot of the kind of you know trendy containers and all that that you find now they're they're effectively the same containers that our parents would have used generations ago. So exactly <laughs> like the Mason jars. Yeah. <laughs> like what is that? That's a thing. And to just wrap it up here, going back to the conversation around, you know, sustainability and you know what that does for our community, but also for the future of our community, what future in the beauty world do you want future generations to see? I hope that future generations will be more conscious of what they use on their bodies, but also I hope that companies themselves will be more conscious so that it's not up to the consumer to have to do so much research about every single product that they use and that everything is kind of just better for the environment and the earth and we can live on the earth for longer and it doesn't burn up in a giant fire. That is my hope. That would be really bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful (laughs) hope. I think we're, we're definitely on our way there for sure. You're absolutely right. Like it really is up to the companies to make it easier for people to be sustainable as well as make it more accessible to be sustainable at the same time. And I'm sure there's like, I, I obviously don't know how to do the math on it, but there's definitely economies of scale where it actually probably makes more even financial sense to use more sustainable materials in production of goods. 
So um, that's definitely something that we need to put back on companies to be able to do for us. And then in turn, hopefully we'll be able to support them as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, there's a lot of um, sustainable products are just not financially um, attainable for a lot of people. And so people will have to resort to kind of less sustainable products. And yeah, I hope the future will provide more affordable options for sustainable products. So we can all be sustainable. (laughs) Sustainability and a long life on earth for all. Yes. Um, And maybe just one final question. Uh, What does the future hold for you when it comes to your relationship with sustainable beauty? I think I'm just trying to learn more and more about sustainable beauty and all aspects of my life that can be more sustainable. I think there's always more to be done. And for me, I just want to keep kind of preaching to my audience that they can do something in their lives to help with the movement and just spread whatever I learn so that, again, we can all be sustainable and not make the earth burn. Yes. Team no burning the earth. Yes. Make it happen. (laughs) I believe it. We can do it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jennifer. It was awesome chatting with you. Yeah. Um, For those of you listening right now, um, definitely check out the rest of our content as part of our self-service campaign and content series in partnership with Dove and Refinery29. To check that out, you can go to coldteacollective.com slash self-service. Thanks, Jen. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to Jennifer for sharing your stories and experience, and of course to Dove and Refinery29 for supporting Asian storytelling. To check out more content from the self-service series, go to coldteacollective.com slash self-service. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more Pearls of Wisdom.